sometimes you listen good enough and long enough and they'll they'll kind of write the ad for you. Hey podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guide, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Okay, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 44 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover tactics and strategies to increase your email profits by 25 to 100% in 90 days or less. And that's the purpose of today. Today, I'll be talking to David Deutsch. He is one of the top copywriters in the world, and uh, we got on the phone together to talk about email marketing and what he's doing to get a great result with it. Okay, so we're going to talk about the slippery slope of email marketing, how to basically use your emails to create a, a slippery slide from opening that email all the way to buying the product. Now, I've talked about this before, but uh, now you're going to get one of the best copywriters in the world, his perspective on how to do this. We're also going to talk about hot buttons. So you're going to hear about how to really get inside your prospect's brain, how to hack into your prospect's brain so you can really understand what you need to say to him or her to get results, right? Because marketing and copywriting is less about tricks and tacti- uh, tricks and special tactics and all that and more just about having the most extreme empathy, having better empathy than anyone else in the market so that you can solve the problems better than anyone else. So you'll, just, you know, that, you'll hear about that in this episode and basically what David's doing these days with email marketing, what's working for him. And uh, he's doing some very interesting stuff. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 44. Now, one thing, before we get into it, I wanted to uh, ask you for a quick favor, and I'm not big on favors, but I would love it if you could go to iTunes and search for the Email Marketing Podcast and leave me a review. Now, these reviews help me get the word out about the show. They help uh, other people hear about the Email Marketing Podcast. I know you don't want, to hit, want your competitors to hear about this stuff, but at least share it with your friends. At least uh, you know, let me know how I'm doing so I can continue to make this show better for you and solve more of your problems, okay? That's all you have to do to do that is go to iTunes and search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast. Now, before we get into it, I have one listener question. The question is, how to attract good clients on a long-term basis, or how do I attract long-term, or how do I attract good clients on a long-term basis? So, this is a great question. Now, when I first got into this, I thought the secret was just the best marketing. If you had the best marketing, the best copy, the best website, you would get the best clients. And that's sort of true. I mean, you do need to have good marketing. But there are two parts to this coin. There is the product. And in your case, when you're a copywriter or some, some sort of service provider where you have clients, the product is the work that you do. Now, you can have great marketing, but if you don't have a good product, you might not have results, no case studies, no trust, no rapport with the industry, it's going to be hard to get good clients. Okay, If you have the best product and zero marketing you're not going to get these clients either. So what you really need to do, I mean, this this podcast is about how to, mainly about how to be great at email marketing. So how to market yourself and also how to be really good at email marketing as well. So if you're going to do this with clients, just for how to attract good clients, yeah, you've got the emails and you've need to have all that stuff. But I think the most important thing now, and this has kind of changed me over the last few months and how I've thought about it, is that you need to have chops. You need to have skills. You need to know what you're doing. You need to be able to get results. If you can get results, the marketing will be fairly easy People are going to refer you. People are going to talk about you. All that stuff's fairly straightforward, especially if you listen to this podcast. You're going to have tons of ideas for how to market yourself with email, with your website, with landing pages, with copy, all that sort of stuff. But you have to be able to get results. If you cannot get results or if you haven't gotten any results yet, it's going to be hard to get good clients. As for how to do it on a long-term basis, just do really good work, right? Because marketing, you can bring in a client with good marketing, good sales skills on the phone or, or whatever, something like that. But you're not going to be able to keep those clients and they're not going to refer you unless you have a good product, Okay. So it bears repeating, and that's why I keep going on about this. Let's say you bring in a client, 
you do really good work. He's going to keep referring you, f- referring people to you. That's, this is how I got started. When I first started, I did an autoresponder for someone. And after that, they recommended me to a few people. And then they recommended me to a few more people. And it became kind of like a pay it forward thing. Everyone just, you know, everyone referred me to a couple more people. And it just grew from there. That's how I got started. So I might have had the website and that's what everyone saw. But the real business, the real marketing was being done by me doing good work and getting people to refer other people to me, right? So that's just a little bit of a wrap on that. I hope that helps. I did uh, repeat myself a few times there. But it bears repeating you have to be good at what you do. You have to be able to get results. That is key. Okay? Now, that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with David Deutsch and talk about the slippery slope of email marketing. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with David Deutsch, frequently referred to as one of the top direct response marketing consultants and copywriters in, uh, in the country. David's copy has sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of clients' products. And this includes everything from books, seminars, newsletters, Maxwell House Coffee, and Uni Royal Tires. His advertising career started at the renowned Ogilvy & Mather Advertising Agency on Madison Avenue. He's worked with all types of companies from Fortune 500 companies such as Merrill Lynch, General Foods, American Express, to small businesses and entrepreneurs. But these days, he's mostly writing for and consulting with companies who sell information and advice in print. So this is, you know, or in print, online and uh, through seminars. So we're going to talk about, and today, so today we're going to talk about how he's applying uh, all the skills he's developed to email marketing. But we're going to take a bit of a broader look at, at the marketing process as a whole. So it's going to be very interesting. David, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, it's finally warmed up here. <laughs> in, uh... I've been telling people the same thing here in Thailand. But, uh, I mean, warm up here is like from 25 degrees Celsius to 30 degrees Celsius. It's, uh, it's gone from warm to hot. Basically, I just wish I was there in Thailand now. So <laughs> let's um, before we get into the email marketing stuff and, and the marketing as a process, uh, give uh, maybe maybe tell a, tell the listener a little bit more about you and, and maybe a bit more about what you're doing, uh, what you've been doing lately. Well, you know, I started out in in traditional advertising, as you said, at Ogilvy and, Ma- and Mather, working uh, at an ad agency. Worked at various ad agencies and uh, then discovered direct mail, uh, basically through Jay Abraham. Hmm. was kind of taken with him and and his philosophy about marketing and the accountability of 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 marketing and direct response and uh, started working for I work a lot with uh, publishers of books and newsletters and uh, things like that information publishers but uh, as you said I've also worked with uh, bunches of different big companies and little companies online in print and of, of course these days more and more is is online Okay. Okay. So what, I'm curious, what specifically have you been doing online? Just email, sales letters, or, or the whole thing? Well, the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, as we've discussed before, I, I see it as kind of, a, of an overall process of developing a sales letter, developing the, the emails that lead people to that sales letter, developing the uh, emails maybe that affiliates use. All those things kind of go together. Banner ads. Mm. Okay. Okay. I like this idea, and, and we were just talking about this before. But I'm sure there's uh, there's some people who are going to be listening to this who who will think about email marketing, or even just just email. You know, building a list and an email in isolation as though it's something you just use on its own. But what you're talking about is that it's really just part. You know, it's one piece of the puzzle, and that so you know, if you got all these different pieces like banner ads and affiliates and JVs and email marketing and, and paid traffic like uh, Facebook ads and Google ads and all these different things, but there's something that ties the whole thing together. So that's maybe you call that the big, big picture. What? How? How do you explain that that high level overview of what's important when you're looking at the whole thing as a process? Well, I guess you know, to me, the thing that ties it together, to me as a writer, the thing that ties it together is, 
you know, the concept behind it, the idea behind it. In other words, what, like, for instance, what hot buttons hmm. are you hitting? And if you know what works, what people respond to, then that should ideally manifest itself in your emails as well as in your landing page. One, one interesting thing to me, I guess, is, is how you can use, you know, emails, internet marketing for testing things. In other words, you know, it takes a long time to write a sales letter mm. and, you know, you like to know, okay, what are the hot buttons that people are interested in? Well, sometimes you can use emails to kind of test out what hot buttons people are interested in. You send an email and you push this hot button and they don't respond to that very much. So you try it again, maybe a different subject line. Yep. And then you see, oh, they really respond to this subject line. They really respond to this kind of content in the email. So let me write this. When I write the sales letter then, I know I should feature that in the headline. I know I should feature that in my, in my presentation. Okay. Okay. I think this is really important that the idea that, that before you sit down to write a word of copy or write a landing page or write emails or think about the autoresponder or the launch or whatever it happens to be, that, that you know, the, whoever's doing it, you know, the entrepreneur or the copywriter, they have to have, they have to take the time to get an idea about what problem, what problems they're actually solving. What are the pain points? Right. Right. I think that's the main thing is, is what's the pain point okay. and how is it that your product or service or whatever it is, how is it that you can help with that? Okay. Well, what I'm interested in is I find this a, this a fascinating topic because I found as I've you know practiced copywriting and, and studied it, it's that once you get a good idea of how to actually write the copy, the, the big win after that is is spending you know a large amount of your time, if not the majority of your time, on just identifying the hot buttons. And then after you've got done all that, then the copy just r will write itself. So it's it's that once you get the basic, uh, you know, once you get some decent chops down, that the most important part is really taking the time to understand these hot buttons. So if the list, if, the, if someone's listing and they want to go and do this, they want to go and find out these hot buttons. Um, I, they can probably have they probably have some idea already because they're familiar with the market. They've done a little bit of research. What do you suggest to people who would want to go and find out these hot buttons? Well, I think the main thing is, is, well, one of the main things, I guess, is to talk to people who you're writing to. Talk to the, the typical prospect and see what kind of things come up. Okay. See what kind, of, um, what kind of things come up. Or when you start talking about my product does this, you know, does, that, does that generate a response in them? Do they seem excited about that? Do they want to know more? Hmm. What is it that gets their attention? Okay. I'm curious, when you were back on uh, Ogilvy Mather and doing a lot of the writing then, did you... What sort of tricks or strategies did you use to figure out these hot buttons? Well, when, when I was at Ogilvy, of course, it was they had a very sophisticated market research department. They did focus groups. So they got typical prospects in a room uh, okay. talking about how they relate to the product. And, you know, you could see from that because it's, you know, hot buttons is one part of it. And another part of it, I think, is, is talking about the problem and the solution in the vocabulary that people who are prospects use. Okay. In other words, if you're talking to people, let's say, that have arthritis, then they talk about arthritis pain in a certain way. Hmm. There's certain things that happen when you have arthritis. For instance, it's hard to open a door. Just twisting on a door handle could be, you know, very painful. So if you don't have arthritis, that might not be something that you would think to even talk about when you talk about the pain of arthritis. But if you do talk about it, then they kind of go, oh, this is a person that kind of knows how it is. This is a person that, that knows what I'm going through. Right, right. Okay. So, but if, if someone doesn't have that, I mean, they don't have sophisticated research firms or focus groups or anything like that, what are some ways that they can... Are you, 
you know, get these kind of insights? Are you telling them to say calling up a prospect and interviewing them? Yeah, calling and interviewing, going to see them. You know, if it's a general enough product, you can talk to your friends if there are people that might use it. The other thing nowadays that's that's so nice is that you've got on the internet, you've got forums, you've got people talking that you can listen in on. on the internet and see what kind of conversations they're having about this product or service or, you know, whatever it is you're writing about. And so people... People should be looking for the specific ways in which their prospects are talking. So kind of look for turn, you know, phrases and and kind of like slang. I know exactly what you mean. I'm trying to figure out how to how to describe it properly for for the listener. But the idea is that you've got to go out there and you've got to get you've got to get the prospect talking. So it's not uh, so you can hear how that conversation is going on in that head, including the words they're using to describe their problem, like about that door. And that say arthritis people with arthritis, they're all having the same kind of experience. But unless you have arthritis, it's going to be very hard. And or you know someone who has it's going to be very hard to know exactly what those experiences are but if you can find out what they are and then put them into the same words and describe them in the same way that the that you know the 80 year old down the road describes it to her friends at bingo if you can describe it like that in the sales letter in the emails in in all the marketing it just clicks it resonates doesn't it yes it absolutely does and and if it doesn't then you seem like a fraud hmm. and the more specialized the market or industry or whatever the easier it is to seem like you don't really know what you're talking about or you're not one of us. Right. You're just a marketer or an advertiser trying to sell something. Yeah, you're just trying to sell me something. Exactly. Okay. So, so you've spoken to people, you've spoken to prospects before, you know, you've quite, you've done this before, right? Right. Okay. So what, are there any, like, do you have a go-to question, maybe three go-to questions that you would ask someone? You're on the phone, maybe you met them for coffee. I don't know the exact scenario, but what, I mean, how how do you guide this conversation? How do you personally guide it? Yeah, and dive into how do you get these, how do you get info? How do you get the insights like this, this idea that opening a door with arthritis is very hard? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. One is that you want to talk to them about their pain. And yeah, with arthritis, that's very literal. But with someone else, if you're selling a service to businessmen or something, you want to talk about the pain. What is it that they're they're looking for your product or service to solve? So what are they annoyed? What, what are they bothered by? What frustrates them? You want to know what, what keeps them up at night. Um, what are they afraid of? What are they afraid of happening? What do they worry is going to happen? Hmm. And then conversely, what do they dream about happening? You know, what do they want to happen? What does success look like to them? You know, for the arthritis person being pain-free, for the business person, you know, what does success in that business look like, especially in terms of whatever it is your product or service does? Right. What does a typical day look like for them? You know, that's where the turning the door handle thing comes in. You know, what happens? What do they do? What do they spend their days doing? And then you can kind of position your your product or service more and more in terms of in terms of who they are and what they do. So I, I think that's, you know, that's 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 a real good thing to ask about. And then what have they tried? What products, services, what what have they tried to overcome this pain or solve this problem that you can solve for them? Because you want to also position your product in relation to other other possible solutions. Hmm. Okay, and understand where it fits. I, I think the, the really interesting thing about this is that copywriting and marketing, it's a very creative you know, endeavor where you're producing something, but the secret to doing it well is actually you start by listening, not by writing something down. Yes, that's that's very true. That's very true. Sometimes you listen good enough and long enough and they'll they'll kind of write the ad for you. Mm-hmm. Between talking to the prospect and talking to the client, 
you know, if you're working for a client, if you're working for yourself, you have to kind of talk to yourself in a certain way and interview yourself. And, uh, you know, that may sound that may sound kind of funny in a way, but, you know, you really can kind of carry on a dialogue with yourself in terms of questions that you ask yourself. Yeah. You know, the best marketers, the best thinkers that I know are people that ask themselves questions. Okay. I mean, I, I, I will admit that sometimes when I have a problem, I will uh, go for a walk and I will talk to myself out somewhere in, when no one can hear me. I will go and talk to myself as I walk. And strangely, it's a real, I find it's a really effective way to solve problems because it's almost that by, by speaking the thought out loud, it forces me to express it in a certain way. And then that leads me naturally to the solution where sometimes it's easy to become jumbled up in your head. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I, I, you know, I think also, um, I mean, we could have a whole two hour conversation about thinking and, and, and all that, but you know, it's hard to get your brain engaged. It's hard to, to really make yourself think when you talk, be it out loud or to yourself or whatever, it really forces you to think something through. Hmm. I think that's great that, you know, that you talk to yourself. <laughs> That's that's good to know. I hope the listener doesn't the, think I'm too crazy. The, the rest of the right, the rest of the world may think you're crazy, but I don't. <laughs> you know what? I've actually seen. Oh, maybe this is just a cop out, but I swear there's a study out there that says smart people talk to themselves. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, I think that's why. You know, we could laugh, but I think the truth of the matter is that talking to yourself engages your your thinking. And your thought process. Hmm. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I start thinking about you know how I'm going to solve a problem, and if I'm just sort of thinking about it, you know, pretty soon I'm thinking about what's for lunch and what's for dinner and what I'm going to do, and you know, right. maybe maybe I should watch something on you know maybe I should check out this website. Yep. But if you're th- if you're sitting there talking to yourself, you're you know. You're keeping yourself on track. Absolutely. That's yeah. That's a great point because you can be thinking, or you can be thinking. Like the thinking can be just vague, and you know you can just sit there and you know your thoughts float around like clouds. Or you can do that really focused thinking, and it's the focused thinking which actually solves these kind of problems. Let me let me turn that a little bit too toward copywriting, um, which is I think that copywriting to me is basically it's talking. You're talking to the prospect. Yeah. And I think one thing that people can do as they're trying to write things, is really just to talk it. Talk it out loud, talk it to other people, try and sell the product or service to other people. That's how you, That's how, just like how you generate good thinking, that's also how you generate good copy, is just, just what, what happens when you try to sell it to someone. What happens when you try to pretend you're selling it to someone? What do you say? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a little awkward at first to do that, but it's a great technique for generating the words that you should be putting on the page or on the screen. I like the idea of setting a re- you know recording yourself as you do that because that's sometimes it's it's those spontaneous thoughts you know th- that just pop out of you know pop out of, you know pop out of the brain pop into the brain um, that, that end up being some some of the best parts of the copy right exactly and that kind of getting back to you were talking about this is just really looping around but when you were talking about interviewing people hmm. and again I think this applies to interviewing the prospects or interviewing clients that you're working for I think it's really important to be kind of open-ended just like you are with these interviews yeah and just get people talking because you know if you just get people talking they'll eventually say the most profound useful things Hmm. that they wouldn't have thought to bring up on their own or you might not have gotten out through questions right preferably over preferably over a few drinks too is always helpful (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, that's a really good point that when you start, if you go into these, to an interview like this, when you're talking with a prospect with a preconceived notion or ideas in your head about how the prospect is or what they should care about or what they do care about, it'll, without you know, without, this is to the listener, without you noticing, it's going to make you ask certain questions in certain ways, which will almost lead the prospect into talking about things and maybe even confirming what you're saying. So that's, I mean, that's another thing is like you say, like don't, Kind of give up or, you know, leave your expectations at the door and go into it and just go in to discover because... Mm unless you've spoken to these prospects before and unless you've taken some time to understand them you're going to have a bunch of assumptions and what you really want to do is go in there and test those assumptions instead of thinking well no it just it's an assumption it's definitely true you go in and you test it because maybe it's not true right right and maybe there's an assumption that you haven't thought of yeah maybe there's something that's not one of your assumptions that you want to bring out and and you need to give them the chance to to you need to have the chance to uncover that hmm okay so moving that back to, to copywriting and marketing, once you've done this, let's say you've spoken to a bunch of different prospects and you've, you've done all the things we've just talked about, what's next? How do you, because I've told so many people to do this type of thing and I mean, I think it's pretty simple, but I think a lot of people struggle with this. First with the, just getting the, fact, getting the idea that they have to go out there and talk to their prospects before they write copy. But I mean, what's next? What's, how do you personally, how do you convert these kind of insights into powerful, persuasive copy and marketing well there's a couple of things i mean one is as we talk as, as we as we talked about you know just what would you say to someone to to convince them to buy your product or service based on what you've learned you know about what they want what their pain is what they're looking for you know sitting across from someone that you just met in a bar what would you say what would you say to get like joe you know there's a way that you can you know cure your arthritis pain by using uh, an herb that you find in your backyard hmm and the other, you know, the other is, and that, that's a little more open-ended, and that's, that's good for kind of generating some good raw material. And then the other is, you know, there's, there's not but a dozen or so different ways of presenting an idea in an ad or in a letter. You know, there's a straightforward kind of a sell. This can do this. Here's how it works. You could ask a question. You can promote, you can promote a challenge. To the, you can challenge the reader, you know, isn't it time you got rid of your arthritis pain or whatever. You can, you can highlight some, how to do something without something, how to cure arthritis without drugs, how to, you know, how to make, you know, more money in your business without working harder. You know, if you look through ads, if you really study ads, if you study copywriting, you know, you see that there are certain templates, certain formulas that you can use. So just try running stuff through those templates, just like I just did with arthritis or, hmm. you know, making money. Okay. And, you know, don't be, don't be slavish about it. Don't, you know, steal another ad word for word. But just see what happens when you kind of use that template, that general format, that general way of presenting an idea, that general way of selling someone on something. I think uh, this is a bit like, you know, you, everyone's been, you know, three or four years old or eight years old and we can't all remember it. But we've all been up in that position where we want something from, you know, from our mom or our dad and uh, they don't want to give it to us, but we've got a plan. We know how we can manipulate them or essentially just sell them on giving us what, you know, what we want. Maybe we want a day off from school. So we do something to get them to give us a day off because we know what their hot buttons are. We know, we understand our parents so well, you know, even at that age, that we know intuitively how to get them to do what we want them to do. All kids know right. this. So it's a bit like that, that when you, if, if you didn't understand your parents and you didn't really know them very well, it might be very, very hard to do this. You, you wouldn't be able to push their buttons. But when you've taken the time, and this is just like with the, with the marketing, if you don't understand these arth people with arthritis, it's going to be the same. You can't, you can't push the buttons if you can't see them. 
But if you take the time to go out there and find out what all those buttons are, when you finally sit down at a sales letter and you know with a general idea of what you want to say, it's all just gonna you're gonna be like that kid, you know, who knows exactly what buttons to press and exactly what you know what will probably work. And then yeah, and exactly. It's just a matter of test. I mean, one parent you know might be really into you know their kid learning more about culture. So that kid might have to say, you know, Dad, wouldn't it be great if I stayed home and went to a museum today instead of going to school? <laughs> you know, and another dad may want their kid to be, you know, responsible and earn money. So the kid might say, Dad, I want to I want to stay home from school today so I can, you know, cut the neighbor's yard and earn some money or figure out how to do a business online. Hmm. That's where knowing your parent, knowing your customer, knowing your prospect comes in because one approach, that approach isn't going to work to the other parent. You know, the staying home and making money isn't going to work for the parent that's into their kid being cultured. <laughs> and the stay, ho- the stay home and go to a museum, you know, take off from school and going to a museum isn't going to work for the parent that wants their kid to be responsible and make money. It's the same thing with, you know, with to, to prospects. You know, if you're not talking to them in terms of their, what they want, their hot buttons, you're wasting so much I would say some people too, they get stuck in, in inside their head thinking that, I'm not sure, I mean, I, I've been there and I've done this and I, I think everyone's probably been there at some point, but it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that you know what's best for your prospect, just like a parent thinks they know what's best for their kids. Just because the parent thinks it's best for their kids doesn't mean that the kid wants to do it or anything like that. So so when you you know when someone sits down to write a sales letter or an email or, or create some marketing, if they go into it thinking, even unconsciously thinking, that someone should want their product because it's it's going to help them or for whatever reason like that. You know, they they should want it because it's going to be healthy for them or because it's going to help them achieve their goal or all these different things which don't tie into the hot buttons which is this person's slightly depressed and you know opening doors like you know if you go to, to go to that arthritis example opening doors is really hard if you can't touch those things but you know, you, you're just saying oh they should want it they should want it without understanding them i think a lot of people have that problem yeah i think that's definitely true i think you know there's a lot of a lot of mistakes people make i think you know they either having either assuming the wrong hot buttons that people have or not really even thinking through what are the hot buttons, not really knowing what are the hot buttons, but just kind of writing. And, you know, that's where, again, that whole thing of talking like you're talking to a prospect comes in, because I think sometimes people just write. They just kind of get words on paper hmm. and they 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 forget that they're really selling to a prospect. They, they forget that they're really having to convince a skeptical prospect to keep reading your what you know you're writing to keep reading what you're sending them and to reach into their wallet and and buy from you and that's that's hard to do with just words you know you've you've got to do that you've got to have the the right hot buttons emotions you've got to be pushing the right buttons there's an issue here though that ties in really well is that people do some people think that you know people hate sales and they don't want to be sold to and and all this stuff like that and i think that's that's a lot of crap because everyone has problems and everyone wants solutions to those problems. The The job of the marker or a salesman or a copywriter is to simply remove all the barriers, the limiting beliefs or whatever's standing in the way of that person going out there and buying the solution to their problem. So if you have the solution to their problem, all you have to do is just knock out those barriers that are stopping them from taking action because maybe they don't trust you or maybe they're not confident enough today or maybe they maybe they feel like they can't, can't afford it. There's all sorts of reasons they might not do it. And if you can just knock those barriers out of the way, Someone will just slide down that slippery slope. It's it's that they'll always buy what they want if you can just. It's kind of like they have that momentum. They're gonna buy it. But your job is just to kind of. It's just basically a big slippery slope, and that people will always people are always looking for solutions to to their problems. And that if you say the right things and figure out exactly what those problems are and how your product really really solves those problems, then it's a no brainer. 
It's basically if you can give someone what they want in exchange for them giving you something that they consider of lesser value than the solution that you're giving them, they'll buy it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and it's a good way to put it. And it, you know, it's practically a disservice not to have them buy it, not to do everything yes. you can to convince them. You know, it's interesting. There's almost two ways of looking at it. One way of looking at it is here's a person who's bored and has really no interest to start with in what you're doing and you've got to do everything you can to get their attention and get them interested and that assuming that can be very very powerful in terms of the state of mind that you're in to to write copy hmm. because I think we tend to think that someone's going to read what we've written just because we're putting it in front of them. Hmm. And they're not. They're busy. It's in their inbox with a hundred other things. It's basically unlikely they're going to read what you've written. But you bring up something interesting too, which is, you know, you could almost start from the assumption that if what you have truly is the solution for them, then they're going to want what you have. Hmm. And from the other point of view too, you have to not do the things that are going to, that are going to prevent them from buying what you have because in a way they want to not buy what you have you know they 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 don't want to spend the money they they've been disappointed before so they're going to be looking for you to say something that's not believable they're going to be looking for you to say something that indicates that you don't know who they are and if you can kind of avoid doing all those things as you said that slippery slope they'll keep sliding down that that slippery slope Hmm. That's a cool way of framing it up. I like that. How just it's almost like instead of trying to do everything right, just try to not do anything wrong because they already want yeah. what you're having. And if you just don't mess it up, it's kind of like you go on a date and, and you know you, you take a girl out to dinner and she's you know she's already into you. So it's like if right. you just don't mess it up at that point, then maybe you you know maybe you'll you know, get married or maybe you get laid that night, whatever. But the point is, is that you don't have to do everything right. You just have to not do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's a real good point, and it's and it's really easy to do things wrong hmm. in copy. It's really easy to, I mean, you said people don't like sales kind of things. And, you know, that's true in a way. It depends on how you define sales. I mean, they don't like salesy, hypey, obvious kind of plays at manipulating them. But, you know, they do enjoy a good story. They do enjoy being sold by a good salesman. They just don't like to feel like they're being unfairly manipulated. Yeah, if you can avoid that, if you can, you know, build trust and bond with them and and not say things that are going to make them, you know, put down the ad or not buy or delete your email, then, you know, you're halfway there. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's a good way to kind of look. These are all, in a way, ways of looking through your copy after you've written it and saying, okay, at what point do I lose the reader? At what point does he start not believing? At what point is he going to say this is bullshit? At what point do I say something that tips my hand that I'm just being too much of a salesman here? Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I've had. I know people who've done that with. And you, you absolutely, you probably do too. Where, where you have, you basically take a sales letter and you just get, you watch someone read it and you see what their eyes. I mean, you can do this with software on, on websites with eye, eye testing or heat tracking. Right. It's called. Right. But so you can check where people fall off, how far down the page they get. You know, when they get confused. Yeah. No. Definitely. You can do it by giving it to them to read, or you can read it aloud to them. Yep. And you know, just see where they start wandering off and getting bored. You know, eventually, too, you've got to have kind of an internal sensor for that kind of thing. You know, you've got to be able to read copy, read your own copy, and and see where, you know, almost like you're playing the reader, almost like you kind of, like, by method acting, you become, you become the prospect. Right. You know, so where do you lose, where do you lose him? Right. Okay. 
Okay, this has been this has been very interesting. Uh, a bit of a meander through uh, through how to research <laughs> and how to how to really because I think this is this is extremely important stuff. I and mean, if people get this right, everything else just flows. It's kind of like everyone wants the tactics. Everyone wants to hear about great subject lines and great emails and how to make a ton of money and, and all those kind of things, those shiny objects. But the really really important stuff that's gonna you know lay a foundation for just all the other stuff. Is what we what we've talked about today. That it sounds it's, it can be a little bit dry, maybe a bit boring. I hope it hasn't been boring. But this is where everything else comes from. This is that that piece that ties all the other pieces together. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it's it's interesting when you talk about tactics and all that stuff, which you know, which has its place. But you know, I remember realizing once, you know, in talking to a lot of the writers that I that I've admired over the years, and. You know, I'd want to know what tactics and strategies they used and what their secrets were. And it struck me that in talking to them a lot of the time that they didn't talk about strategies and tactics and things like that. They talked about the market. Hmm. They talked about where the market was going and what people were thinking and what they were reacting to and, and what their hot buttons you know, were and how things were changing and how they were becoming more sophisticated or how they were looking for this instead of that. Yep. And eventually I realized that was really their secret was not that they knew more strategies and tactics and ways of doing things, but they, they just had this passion for understanding their market and almost like an empathetic kind of, kind of approach to it. Hmm. And I love this idea that you can't, it's like, it's about the market, like as, as entrepreneurs, that that we it's, we have to serve what the market wants. You can't go into right. the marketplace and convince people to buy what they don't want. It's just not how the free market works. People take their money and they spend it elsewhere. So it, it's that all trade. This is getting real deep now, but all trade, you know, or barter, where you exchange some some form of value for another form of value. That's only ever going to happen if on a free market if someone wants it. So that's why it's so much more important rather than looking at you know crazy cool ad strategies and and copywriting tactics and, and all that stuff. That just look at the market. What does the market want? And then you just give them what they want. It's like Gary Hellman's, yeah. how the single advantage, you know, I think he mentioned it's, it's the only advantage he'd want is the, is a starving crowd. You have that. The rest is easy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Gene Schwartz too said, you know, that all we're doing is channeling desire. We're not creating it. Yes. You've got to, you've got to channel what's already there. I like that. Okay. I think, I think let's end on that. But before we go, tell people, I don't know if you do coaching or anything like that, but where can people learn more about you if they, if they want to learn more? Okay. Yeah. No, I, I do a lot of coaching these days. Okay. Um, more and more, I, I enjoy kind of, you know, helping other people in their writing or helping companies, you know, work with their copywriters or work on their marketing as a creative director or copy supervisor, you know, in addition to, to doing writing. But if I spend the whole day writing, I go a little crazy, so I kind of like to divide that up 50-50 between writing and telling other people what to write. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me or whatever, my website is davidldeutsch.com, and I better spell that out for you. It's David L, as in Larry, and then Deutsch, D-E-U-T-S-C-H.com. Right, fantastic. I'll have a link to that in the show notes at themethod.com. Oh, yeah, so people can go to, go to the website, click the link, and go over. And so if, they, if they're interested in coaching or consulting, uh, they should, it looks like you do speaking as well. They can just go to your website to the contact page and send you an email, right? Yeah, and there's a, there's a free thing about uh, the ABC, uh, copywriting from A to Z, I think is a special report that's free there. So 
Okay, so they can join your list yeah. and see Football see how PR. you're applying all these insights to, to email marketing. Yep, I get them on my list just like you train people to do, to develop a list. So Okay. Just quickly, I'm curious, what do you send out to them? What's your, uh, uh, give us a quick, give me a quick rundown. What, what's your email strategy after someone signs up? Oh God, don't ask me that. It's like the, 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 the shoemakers, you know, kids having no shoes. I've, um, you know, I've got a, a, cre- a course on creativity. Uh, that I sell on the site, and um, a series of interviews that I've done with uh, with copywriters and copywriting entrepreneurs. So that's on there. But I don't really have a autoresponder, you know, okay. series. And I I know that I should. So okay, okay. <laughs> well, if you, so, uh... so you don't have to worry about being inundated by emails if you sign up for my email list. Yeah, it's funny because I send people daily emails. So if you want to receive less emails, go and sign up to your list. I know. I should. Do, I really should do that. If really you, should do that. you want to learn more about email marketing, David, there's a, there's a podcast that I know about. Let me know if. That's a good idea. Good idea. I have to listen. <laughs> I'll send you a link, man. Thank you. Thanks, David, for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.